present the key to the city. I would like to read this proclamation. Whereas the team we honor today is more powerful than a mighty locomotive, and whereas this team is able to leap tall buildings at a single bound, and whereas, most important of all, this team is faster than a whole crowd of speeding bullets, and whereas this team is neither a bird nor a plane but supersonics, now, therefore, I, Charles Royer, mayor of the city, etc., do hereby proclaim Monday, June 4th, as Sonics Day in Seattle. Forty years ago, the Seattle Supersonics were celebrating the NBA championship in front of hundreds of thousands of people in the streets of Seattle. I'm Brandon Boyd, and I'm thrilled to tell you the story of the 1979 World Champs. Throughout this podcast, you'll hear clips from an interview I did with NBA Hall of Famer Jack Sigma, who starred on the 79 team. You'll also hear game calls from the late, great Bob Blackburn, the voice of the Sonics that season. The best way I can describe him is when we drafted him, everybody said, Jack who? Jack Sickman. Hi, I'm Jack Sickman, and I played center for the 1979 Seattle Supersonics World Champions. The Sonics surprised many when they picked Jack Sigma eighth overall in the 1977 NBA draft. While most of his draft class starred at Blue Blood programs like Indiana or UCLA or North Carolina, Sigma played at Illinois Wesleyan, an NAIA school at the time. Early in his rookie season, Sigma was baptized into the league by Burley New York Knicks power forward Lonnie Shelton. So I got a chance to experience guarding him because he played the power forward um, as I did in that first year. And I remember one time he turned to go for a rebound and, and was checking me and checked me right across the throat. And as he was doing it, we were looking right at a referee. I don't remember which referee it was, but I kind of looked at him and, you know, put my hands up in the air. Why, why didn't you call that? I got cracked across in neck and he kind of, as we were running down the court, said, welcome to the NBA. In Sigma's rookie campaign, the Sonics started 5-17 and 17 under coach Bob Hopkins. After 22 games, Hopkins was fired and former Sonics guard Lenny Wilkins moved from a front office role to head coach. One of Wilkins' first moves was to insert Sigma into the starting lineup. Uh, Lenny wasn't overbearing as a coach. Uh, he let you experiment and experience some things. And uh, it would mostly be afterwards when, you know, whether it was a struggle or a success, there was usually just a few words of whether encouragement or direction, whatever was needed. Um, and uh, he understood that there was going to be some growing pains with the young player. And uh, it wasn't always so smooth, but he stayed with me all year long, and I gained confidence. And I think the main thing he did was instill confidence in us, said, said I believe this group can win. And then he rearranged kind of the rotation uh, and mixed and matched some veterans in the starting unit with some veterans coming off the bench and mixed in our young guys. And 
we caught fire and figured it out. The Snyder left side shoots an 18-footer from the corner. Good. Pass to Brown. Had to lean out of bounds to grab it back. Shoots right corner. Swish and Freddie Brown. Maybe hot tonight. And Brown down the left side on the corner. DJ pulls up. Shoots 10-footer. No good. Going inside with the rebound. Silas gets it back to the basket. It is good. The Sonics went 42-18 and with Wilkins coaching the team in 1978. They battled through the Western Conference playoffs, beating Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the Los Angeles Lakers, then the defending champion Portland Trailblazers, and then David Thompson's Denver Nuggets. Before they knew it, the upstart Sonics found themselves hosting Game 7 of the NBA Finals against the Washington Bullets. I remember bits and pieces about the game. Uh, I know we didn't shoot it well. It was a struggle. We were down uh, most of the game. Um, but if not all of the game, we made some runs at him. Sonic's voice Bob Blackburn called the final moments of the 1978 Finals. 12 seconds left in the game. The Bullets lead 102-99. Unsell's shot is good. And that may have been the biggest bullet free throw ever. And right now it looks as if the longest summer will belong to the Suns. They could still win, but 103-99 against them. All right, 12 seconds to go. Paul Sinus looking to inbound, looks for Dennis Johnson. DJ double team. Left side, DJ into an 18-footer. Misses. Rebound on sell. The game belongs to the Bullets. Here goes Bobby Dandridge. He drives, dunks the ball, and that's the punctuation point. The Bullets have won the championship. Three seconds left, two seconds. Freddie Brown left side. His shot will be meaningless. It goes in, but it will not count. And so the final score is the Bullets win the championship. It's the Washington Bullets, 105, the Seattle Supersonics, 99. Looked up at stands and it was kind of quiet for a moment. And you looked at your teammates and you know disappointed with the outcome. You're seeing the opposing team jumping up and down, and they've just accomplished winning a world championship. Uh, and uh, it it was something that that part of it really uh, set in. Uh, I do remember as we were walking off the court, though, that the crowd started to respond in, in a really positive way, and you felt good about um, uh, how they appreciated the efforts, and uh, again, it was really a, a, a real strong connection between that team and the community, so we were all in it. They kind of showed us that they were, too. And, uh, you know, uh, after some hours or days went by, you turn the page and you point yourself in the direction of trying to do better the next year and accomplish what you missed out this time. After the heartbreaking loss to the Bullets, the Sonics roster underwent some changes. Marvin Webster, a.k.a. the Human Eraser, the 78 team star center, signed with the New York Knicks. The Sonics had already traded for Tom Lagarde, a center who was drafted a pick after Sigma in the 77 draft. To compensate for the Webster loss, NBA Commissioner Larry O'Brien awarded power forward Lonnie Shelton to the Sonics, the very same Shelton who had been a part of Sigma's welcome to the NBA. In addition to the new names, Jack Sigma came back with a new physique. Sigma's rookie year had been trial by fire. He came into the 79 season physically and mentally stronger. The one thing I did I, 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 is... Uh... Uh, tried to put on a few more pounds uh, working out. And uh, I felt my quickness uh, 
at that point was an advantage. So I just, I did more kind of almost uh, track type workouts where I would try to run some longer sprints, you know, run a couple hundred yards hard, walk for a bit, but just try to get it up and down the court. Uh, again, I was approaching it as I was going to be playing f- power forward predominantly. Uh, the interesting thing is I did put on a couple pounds, like five pounds, which would help. But I, I you know, I, I just made sure. And again, at 22, it's hard to get out of shape, especially when you play into June. You're going to start up with camp in September again. Um, uh, but mentally, rest up, make sure you stay in shape. Um, and uh, hopefully continue to mature a little bit physically. The Sonics started the 1978-79 season scorching hot, winning their first seven games and 20 of their first 26. They were one of the most balanced teams in NBA history, with seven different players averaging double figures in scoring that season. Well, there wasn't really a, a pecking order as far as many times now with the, in teams you have your best players, your best one, two three players uh, we were a team that was made up a number of guys that could lead us in scoring can't feed back to jj right side wants to shoot cat out the shelton shot clock at four shelton drives eight footer is good lonnie shelton kareem hand up screen dj open 15 footer bang sonics brown at midcourt passes right sideline jj fake left drives right baseline goes way up shot jj is good in an early december game in philadelphia tom lagarde collided with the sixers player and twisted his knee he would need surgery and was out for the year and so we had Lonnie, who was coming off the bench at the power forward, and, and uh, I had played. I was also the backup center, so I, I kind of played both positions. And so it, it worked out that I just slid over, and um, uh, Lonnie uh, took over at the power forward spot. I knew that I was going to have a lot of room to work, particularly on the defensive boards and the offensive boards because Lonnie was going to tie up his man and uh, he was so strong. And so there was so much room to work. My best rebounding years were with Lonnie as a power forward. Put up by Phoenix. Sonic's having trouble. Sigma gets it in to Gus Williams. Gus to the ball. It's three on one on Robinson. Gus feed to Shelton. Graham and a slam dunk by Lonnie Shelton. Shelton, 18 points of the ball game. Lagarde's injury forced Sigma to move from power forward to center and shorten the team's rotation. Roles in the Sonics became clearly defined. Be one of the anchors of the defense. Make sure that team defensive-wise there was no easy hoops, uh, which meant uh, I had to anticipate uh, uh, getting good position all the time. Being able to handle my guy in the post one-on-one. Uh, make make him make tough shots over the top of me. The reverse side of the baseline. His shot is blocked by Jack Sigma, grabbed by Dennis Johnson on the fast break to Fred Brown. John Johnson in layup, good. Great fast break by the and then offensively, uh, get the ball out, be able to play through me, and uh, when matchups called for, be effective in the post. Um, so uh, it, it wasn't real complicated. There was some places, and that's where I, I credit Lenny. He recognized uh, my skill set and put me in positions where uh, I could really use it and help team. Williams into Dennis Johnson, who just came in for Snyder. They double-team him, goes over to Gus Williams. He gets double-teamed, blows it out of backcourt, up the middle, feet off the sick the left side, shoots 10-footer. It's good! 
The 79 Sonics were proof positive of the old adage that says championships are won on the bus. But it was, you know, everybody kind of had their moment. Um, but it was, it was um, really a lot of fun. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, was unique is, you know, Lonnie comes across as this big, strong guy that on the court, you know, was uh, had a, a, a tough demeanor to him, whatever. And Gus could just bust his balls right and left, and he would just smile and laugh at him. And, uh, uh, you know, we got the smallest guy on the team picking on the biggest guy of the team, and everybody's having a good time. will be number one in the Pacific Division on the Western Conference if they win this one, and they lead by 13. Stolen by Dantley out to Nixon. Nixon up the middle. He drives, goes in, layup shot, rolled off the rim, no good. Batted out to Hassett. Hassett to Gus Williams all by himself. He goes... Slam Duncan, he has 29 points for the ball game. Some fans says give it to Robich, they try to, but Sigmund knocks it away. Outlet pass, there goes Gus again. Bing Chase puts it over his head, and the layup shot is good by Jackie Robinson. Gus had enough points at 29. He lets Jackie pick up a couple, and it's 109 to 91, and the Sonics have won this one going away. Sigmund grabs his 12th rebound, long outlet pass. Jackie Robinson drives, dunks the ball. And the Sonics lead by 20, 111 to 91. They're just blowing the Lakers out right now, but the game is all over. 20 seconds to go. 20 has been Seattle's biggest lead. Shot right side, no good by Adrian Dantley. Rebound, J.J., there goes Joe Hassett down. Chased by Carter, puts behind, got Williams, play up, good! The Sonics by 22. They've been putting on a fast break clinic the last few seconds. 113 to 91, the Sonics. Shot put up and under the right side by Kenny Carr. Good, down to two seconds. Pass down to Robinson, fires from center court. He almost made that, but he didn't. The final score is the horn sound. The Seattle Supersonics, 113, the Los Angeles Lakers, 93. The Sonics finished 52-30 in 1979, were the West's best team, earning them a bye in the first round of the 1979 NBA playoffs. After some rest, they took on the Los Angeles Lakers again, led by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The Sonics prepared for Jabbar months earlier, having traded for center Dennis Autry from Boston after Lagarde's injury. Autry had gained a reputation as a Kareem stopper after several bouts with the legendary center. Kareem was still masterful in the series, but the Sonics won the series in five tight games. seconds. The Sonic fans are getting ready to yell. Walker in backcourt. Over to Snyder. Eight seconds. Fires up to Wally Walker over the midcourt line. Five seconds. The Sonics have the game won. Silas. 20-footer. No good. Has a rebound. No time to put it up. Sonics win it. Little late the Lakers. Final score. Seattle 106 and Los Angeles. After beating the Lakers, the Phoenix Suns came to Seattle for the Western Conference Finals. The Suns were the West's only other 50-win team and featured Paul Westfall and Walter Davis, two skilled all-star wings. The Sonics continued their role and won the first two games of the series. Low post left side. All jammed up, wanted to get DJ. Freddie Brown shoots 20-footer. Good. It's down. Down the hatch for Freddie Brown in his sixth point of the ball game, and Seattle leads 83-68. DJ high on the right side. Brown in the corner. Open 22-footer. Good. Freddie Brown in streaks tonight. Made two in a row. Missed six in a row. Made his last two, and the fans began to go wild at an 85-70 Sonic lead. 
Off the high post, J.J. fakes together and go. Now pass back and under reverse layup. Dennis Johnson good. The Band-Aid twins go at it, and D.J. gets his 15th point of the night. 89-72, the Sonics lead. J.J. working on Kramer. Lobs it in deep to Dennis Autry. Back out to Gus Williams. Shoots, 17-footer. Good. Gus Williams, 18 points of the ball game. 91-72, Sonics biggest lead. And here's a steal by J.J. Feed to Gus. Gus drive, goes in, layup, good. And now the Sonics lead by 21 points. Their biggest lead of the night. The McLean jumper top of the key, going to be short. Four seconds left. Three seconds, two, one. It's all over as the Supersonics win the first game of the Western Conference Championship Series, Seattle 108 and Phoenix 93. Gus Williams out of backcourt, hits Silas over on the right side, starts in, gives the ball to Sigma, turns, shoots, 15-footer, good. Here's that fourth quarter, Jack Sigma coming on again. Two for two in this period, 10 points for the night of the Sonics lead, 93 to 88 of the crowd going wild. Passing under Adams, batted away, a steal, Gus Williams with the ball. Gus is grabbed in backcourt with only one second left on the clock. The ball game is going to be over. The Sonics have won it. The Phoenix Suns knew it a couple of minutes ago. Up 2-0 heading into Game 3 in Phoenix, John Papanick of Sports Illustrated reported many Sonics dubiously skipped an optional practice in favor of a visit to the pool. The Suns responded with a 10-point drubbing in Game 3 and a 9-point win in Game 4 to even the series heading back to Seattle for Game 5. The Suns stole the fifth game to go up 3-2 and take the series back to Phoenix with the opportunity to close out. Sigma was mired in a brutal 10 of 39 shooting slump over the three straight losses. Uh, they were they were doing some double teaming. Uh, we weren't shooting the ball very well. They limited our easy baskets. Um, we were one that really depended on the open court, and uh, we just weren't able to get it going. Um, and you know they got some momentum. Uh, Truck Robbins and Paul Westfall. Alvin, Alvin was hurt a little bit, but their bench stepped up. But we were we struggled for a little bit as a team, and I know personally I had I had a big time struggle. So, uh, but we're able to right right the ship. battling for position with Kramer. The ball goes to DJ. Top of the key swings it left on Brat. DJ step round move shoots 14 foot bank shot good. Dennis Johnson 23 points. And the Sonics are down by only two, 93-91, as they have battled back in this fourth quarter, knowing it's now or never. The Sonics lead by one with 40 seconds left, 106-105, and a big, big time down court for Seattle right now. DJ over to Paul Silas out of the wing. Silas needs some help as they're overplaying everybody. Paul dribbles off to the top of the key, now gives to Gus Williams, shot clock at 10, the game clock at 25. Gus reverse, move, foul line, jumper, off the rim, no good, Sigma tip, no good. They're putting it around. Who has the ball? The Phoenix Suns. Garfield Hurd, 16 seconds left, as the Suns will have 16 seconds to set up a game-winning shot. The inbound pass to Boozy, already up down to 14, 13, 12 on the game clock. Boozy with the ball out high, over to Paul Westfall. Westfall drives, goes in, step round move, can't shoot, double team. Feed out to Davis, shoots from 18 feet, it is no good. Sigma going for the rebound, tipped it out of bounds with one second on the clock. The Suns will have the ball and one second to score as Seattle leads them by one. Here we go. Boozy inbounds. He finally gets it in a hurry to put up a 15-footer at the buzzer. No good. The Sonics win the ball game. The Sonics win the ball game, tie it up, and it'll come back to the kingdom for game number seven on Thursday night. The final score as the Seattle Supersonics win at Phoenix this afternoon. The final score, Seattle 106 and Phoenix 
105. The Sonics survived Game 6 in the desert and returned to the Kingdome in Seattle for Game 7. Mike Brotz gets it and then a backcourt foul is called against Gus Williams and these Suns are not out of this ballgame. The Sonics have suddenly begun to commit turnovers and have problems. Gus Williams has five fouls. It is a backcourt foul and Brotz with three to make two. And if the Suns score this time, they will trail 105 to 101. Remember the Sonics had a 15-point lead. Blatt sinks the first one, and the Suns are down by only five, and the clock is down to 2.07 left. Boy, if the Sonics were to blow a 15-point lead here against Phoenix, what a closing finish that would be for the Suns. Blatt's next shot is good, and the Suns are ready to set up that zone trap. J.J. into Silas, out of the left corner, shot clock at 10. Drive, DJ, shot blocked by Adams. Truck Robinson, long pass down to Westfall. Westfall goes in. His shot is rejected by Gus Williams. Picked up by John Johnson. A great block by Gus Williams on one of the defensive plays of the game. Gus Williams left side. Feeds out to JJ. 45 seconds left in the game. Garfield Hurd knocks the ball loose from Dennis Johnson. Commits a foul. And now the Sonic throng feeling a win is about here. They are standing and cheering. 106 to 101. But not without a scare, and the ball game still is not over. Seattle's five-point lead, and DJ goes to the line with one plus the penalty shot. The Sonics are 24 for 32 at the line. Phoenix is 26 for 35, so that is all just about even up. DJ's first shot, good, and that brings out a cheer from the crowd. It is 107-101. I'll let you tell if he makes the second one. He shoots. What is your guess? 108-101, Sonics lead by seven. He'll have two to make the one. Should he miss, he just fires the first into the backboard. Now this one has to hit a rim. It's got to hit a rim. Will he do the same as they need the two? Will he miss? He does. The ball is batted around, and Jack Sigma gets it in backcourt. Guys are all over him. A foul is called, and the biggest rebound of his career, Jack Sigma, on the intentionally missed free throw by Paul Silas. Got fouled by Don Boozy. And so the Sonics, with a two-point lead, the Phoenix Suns took it right down to the wire, and it's still not over. It's still not over. It's a backcourt foul. Sigma will get three to make two. Sigma to the line. Three to make two. Backcourt foul. Here's the first one coming up. Eyes the hoop. Puts it up. It is... No good. Gus Williams gives him some encouragement. The Sonic lead is at two. Sigma 31 points. Shoots. He makes it. 113 to 110. Seattle leads by three. Sigma shoots. He hits. 114 to 110. The Suns no timeout. And Dennis Johnson steals the inbound pass. Throws the ball near the ceiling. And the Sonics win the Western Conference NBA Championship. The final score. Tonight's final score, the Seattle Supersonics. 114. I don't I don't think we probably could have pulled it out without the experience of the year before. Uh, where you played in a lot of big games and you know that every possession was important. The Sonics were going back to the NBA Finals. The only question was who they'd be playing. The team watched on as the San Antonio Spurs played the Washington Bullets in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bullets prevailed 115-113 despite 42 points from George Gervin. The 1979 Finals would be a rematch from the year before. 
In the four regular season games from that season, the Bullets had scored 429 points. The Sonics, 428. We didn't we didn't really care who was going to win. The fact that it turned out to give us an opportunity to have a rematch against Washington, I think that he, that just made it all that much better. Another series against the Bullets meant a huge competitive test for Sigma, Lonnie Shelton, and the rest of the Sonics front court. Bobby Dandridge and Elvin Hayes were all-stars for Washington. Wes Unseld was 1978's Finals MVP and en route to a Hall of Fame career. But Sigma had plenty of reps against the Bullets front court and was ready for the challenge. Uh, for me, it was always, uh, I knew the guys I was guarding, whether it was Elvin or Wes, were going to have the ball. And uh, it's just trying to play physical and uh, do your job and just not get in foul trouble. Um, and those were guys that could get you in foul trouble. And in, in, uh, so that, that was the key, um, for me. And then, um, with all that, those big bodies in here, in there, hold my own on the boards and make sure if we did work our tails off and had a miss that we were able to gather it because a key part for our success offensively was getting the ball up the board and getting out and running with it. Bobby Dandridge will inbound and under there, right foot to the floor, good! But a foul was called on Dennis Johnson, I believe. A foul is on Dennis Johnson with no time on the clock, and they're going to let Larry Wright go to the free throw line. A foul on Dennis Johnson, no time showing on the clock to all the I think we we played really well in the very first game, and I think they pulled it out maybe by uh, a couple points with a play late. But again, I thought we were just really prepared, focused, and determined, and that just came through each night. The Sonics evened the series in Game 2. Sigma had 14 points, 13 rebounds, and 4 blocks, while the Dennis Johnson and Gus Williams backcourt combined for 43 points. The Sonics were heading back to Seattle for Game 3, where 35,000 fans packed into the Kingdom to see the Sonics win 105-95 to go up 2-1 in the series. Sigma poured in 21 points on 14 shots to go with 17 rebounds and 2 blocks. In Game 4, the Sonics and Bullets traded blows for 4 quarters. Bullets get it into Unsell, low left side. Coming around 
Johnson, Charlie Johnson, unselled, still with the ball. Looks for Johnson, pass into him, right side, backs away. He's going to shoot from 15. He hits on the bullet's lead. Charlie Johnson with a fantastic moving shot under pressure. And the bullet's lead at 97 to 96, and we're down to 519 left to play. That's Williams out high, getting a pick from Sigma. Off the left side, shoots from 18, it's going to be short. Caught in under by Bobby Dandridge. Feed off to Tom Henderson. The bullet's going to go back in the lead. Henderson, gentlemen, dribble goes in. Layup shot is no good, but a foul was called on the way in. Henderson shoots number two. It is good, and the ball game is tied at 100 all. Lead comes in to Gus Williams. Gus around the pick of Sigma. Unseld has Gus. He's going to shoot from 20 feet. He hits. And it's 32 points for Gus Williams in the Sonic with the tie. 102 to 100. Sigma turns, starts in at the foul end, pulls up, shoots, he hits! Jack Sigma with 18 points in the ballgame, 104 to 100. Henderson through the key, goes in under, shot blocked from behind by Sigma, but it's picked up and laid in by Ballard. Great offensive board play by Greg Ballard, and now the Sonic lead is back to two. 104 to 102, and what a barn burning we have with a minute 52 left in this one. But the Sonics have the lead and they have the ball with a minute nine to play. They did not get the easy basket they had hoped for, but they bring it in in control of the ball. Just received word from the Sonic staff crew down below the Jack Sigma. 14 rebounds, he has 18 points, which we already told you, but he also has five block shots tonight, which is a career high for him in the playoffs, and we might note, too, that with those five block shots, Jack Sigma now has 14 block shots in the four games of this series, and by far, leads everybody in that block shot department. Great ball game down to the wire here, the Bullets have 20 seconds on the shot clock, 28 left in the game, the Sonics lead 104 to 102, Wesley Unsell will inbound, and here we go. Unsell brings it in to Bobby Danbridge. Danbridge out high on John Johnson. Danbridge one-on-one going inside. Feeds it under. Unsell fumbled the ball. He gets it back, goes in, puts up a short hook, and is good, and the ball game is tied. All right, Gus Williams gets it into Dennis Johnson. That last 18 seconds as the clock starts down. DJ trying to get the ball to Gus Williams. A big overplay on him. Finally gets it to Gus out high. Down to nine seconds, eight seconds. Gus Williams out high. Gus Williams starts in. Double team. He puts it up under pressure. In and out. Cut block shot. Single rebound. Back with a short shot, but the clock runs out and no time left, and it goes into overtime. By overtime, Dandridge and Hayes had both fouled out of the game for Washington. Unsell joined them on the bench shortly afterward. Now, down to 42 seconds. It goes in deep. Sigma right side. Gets put by Unsell. Puts up a shot. No good. But a foul call. The foul is on Unsell, and Wesley Unsell leads the ball game, and Jack Sigma goes to the free throw line. Wesley Unsell becomes the third of the bullets to foul out of the ball game. He fouls out with 16 points. Jack Sickman to the line with one plus the penalty shot as the bullets are over the limit. And now Dave Corzine has not played any tonight. Will come into action. Dave Corzine, a rookie from DePaul University. He will come in at center. Corzine got seven rebounds in nine minutes in the first half of game number one back at Washington a week ago Sunday. And has not seen much playing time since. Jack Sigma, 18 points, but Jack has been only 3 for 8 at the foul line tonight, or 4 for 8 at the foul line. 
Concentration under pressure. Sigma, the blonde banger from Illinois Wesleyan. Bounces the first one in. And it's 113 to 110. Masonic lead at three points with 39 seconds to play in overtime. The crowd quiets for Sigma to shoot. Another big pressure shot. He fires. You tell me what happened. Second shot goes down. The Sonics go into a four-point lead at 114 to 110, and the bullets go into a huddle calling for a timeout. Carzine feeds into Greavy. Greavy out high. Greavy swings it right. Fires from 21. It's going to be short. Caught by Jack Sigma. Sigma hangs onto the ball. It's all over. The Sonics win the ball game as Greavy, under pressure, fired and missed. And the Sonics win the ball game with a final score 114 to 112. And listen to this crowd. Jack, let me ask you a question. Did you, did you breathe a bit of a sigh of relief when Wesley Unsell finally fouled out tonight? Well, no. I, you know, uh, it was nice that, uh, you know, I got to the line and everything. But, uh, hey, the game wasn't over until that final, final buzzer rang. And, you know, they still had a chance at the end. So uh, it went right down to the wire. And you can't uh, worry about too much who's against you. You just got to go out and play hard. Up 3-1, the Sonics only needed one more win to exact revenge on the Bullets. They'd head back to Landover, Maryland to try and end the series. And Lonnie Shelton gets his 14th point of the ball game of the Sonics lead by three. Their biggest lead of the night, 72 to 69. We're down 834. It goes in deep to Sigma. Turn, shoots into the face of Unsell. He hits in the fourth quarter. Again, the tough fourth quarter player, Jack Sigma, gives the Sonics a three-point lead at 74 to 71. 95 to 93. Sonics lead is again at two points, and what a fateful play this one is coming up. 35 seconds left in the ball game. If the Sonics fail to score this time, the Bullets could tie it up. Just put him to the ball out high. Feet over to Dennis Johnson. Looks for Sigma cutting across. Until gives Sigma push. Jack turns, starts to drive. Double team, back to way. Feeds out to DJ. Foul line jumper. DJ off the rim, no good. Ball pops around. JJ with the ball. He started to shoot, and they decide to run the clock. 14 seconds left, and Phil Chenier fouls Gus Williams. As the Sonics nose in on what could be their first championship game ever. It's down to 12 seconds. It's 95 to 93. A missed shot by the Sonics, but John Johnson got the rebound. And then Gus Williams, dribbling in and out, got fouled by Phil Chenier, and now the pressure is all on Gus Williams. He shoots, he hits, and the Sonics lead by three. And the Sonic bench is going wild. Assistant coach Les Hobbiger is just about to do his famous Phoenix version of the Hobbiger Hop. 96-93 Sonic. This ball game is not over, but it's close. Gus shoots. He hits. 97-93 on the bullets call for a timeout. On the inbound pass. Fires in. Ballard long on top of the key. No good. Rebound. John Johnson. Sonics have it. Seven seconds. Six. Five. Four. Pass to Gus Williams. Three. Two. One, and the Supersonics win their first ever NBA championship. The ball sails high in the air. Les Habegger does the Habegger hop. The Sonics are ecstatic. The horns are hooking around the Pacific Northwest. And I'm sure there is... Here's a big round of applause from the Washington Bullet fans for both ball clubs, mainly for the Washington Bullets, but for both teams. 
The last two games of this series, simply outstanding ball games. The final score is the Seattle Supersonics win their first ever NBA championship, Seattle 97, and the Washington Bullets 93. Kevin, we have Lenny Wilkins with us. How do you feel? Oh, I feel great, Bob. It's uh, something I've always wanted, even as a player. And it's uh, something that we all kind of vowed when we came to Seattle, that we want to bring a championship home. And, and I think it's just a great feeling. Before the ball game on our pregame show, you said you were getting tired of looking at my face across the microphone on that show. At that time, did you have a real deep inside feeling that tonight might be the night? Uh, I felt real good. Uh, the players felt good, as we talked about earlier. Uh, we knew that we were going to be in for a great game. Uh, we knew the Bullets would not lay down and die. They're a great team. But we also felt very confident, and, uh, and we just felt that we had to play our type of game. How about the, uh, the vote for uh, Dennis Johnson on the MVP? I thought it was fantastic. It's great. You know, uh, we have uh, Jack Six, uh, Gus Williams. I mean, a lot of people could have gotten it. I think Dennis just had a fabulous series. Uh, he's just a, a real outstanding player, and, uh, and I know that Dennis would like all his teammates to share in that. Lenny, this, of course, has to be the biggest moment of your professional basketball life. Now, what are you going to do for an encore? Come back and try and win it again. After Gus Williams dribbled out to final seconds, Sigma and his teammates rejoiced in the floor. 359 days after falling short in 1978, the Seattle Sonics were the ones celebrating a world championship on their opponent's home floor. You know, it was uh, a lot more external in the sense that you were celebrating with your teammates, uh, we finally got it done. Um, you know, it was a long journey uh, for for us, especially with, with the situation that was uh, Washington again. If you go back to the year before, it was really a two-year journey. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, you, you set your sights on, on this goal and you're able to accomplish it after – uh, you know, some uh, bitter disappointment uh, being so close before. And it really comes down to, you know, I don't know how I'm supposed to act, what I'm supposed to be doing, and what, where your mind goes next. And I think that's where it was a little different than uh, the year before, or quite a bit different the year before. It was just sitting down and just looking at your teammates and, and knowing what you you shared and committed to together and it was much more of a external outward um, uh, joy and happiness to be able to uh, appreciate sharing it with the group Monday afternoon on June 4, 1979, the Sonics Parade began. The world champion Supersonics of Seattle, and everybody is going berserk. They're going up First Avenue, down First Avenue. Everybody in the world down here is honking their horn. And there's 
say 400,000, certainly more than a quarter million people, squeezed into the downtown area. They lined the parade route up 4th and down 5th Avenues. That parade began at the Kingdom at noon. An ecstatic crowd swarmed towards the small antique cars carrying the players, the coaches, the staff of the team that came so close last year, then came back from defeat this year to take the title in just five games. By the time the cars got halfway down fourth, that crowd had turned into a crush. The cars crawled forward. It was wall-to-wall. There was no security, really. It was just a driver, and you had a couple people in the car with you with signs and that kind of thing. But we were able to touch a lot of fans. Um, and uh, I, I don't know how the, the parade got through. I don't know how long it took to get through anymore. All I've seen is a couple of those pictures where I don't know if you could pack any more people into any one of those streets. And uh, I, I would guess from the city standpoint and the city fathers, it was the first time that that had happened. Um, I don't think it could be the same way nowadays, but it, it sure was fantastic. And I, I just, Again, the pictures and everything kind of sum up uh, how connected the city and we as a team were. Players, coaches, and front office staff all got a minute on the podium to say, well, whatever they wanted. Ain't it fun being number one? Two years ago, if the city of Portland had 50,000 out, there have to be 250,000 out here today. Mayor, are you really sure you want to give me the key to the city? <laughs> On behalf of the Seattle Super Science, we thank you very much. Representing the entire Sonic organization, the man who is general manager, and this guy has to be pretty happy today, too, Zoli Valjek. Zoli? because all of us gave a piece of it, you know, uh, it, uh, the whole was greater than the sum of his parts. Um, and to, uh, to come back after 
bitter disappointment the year before and losing to the seventh game and coming back and getting another chance and taking care of business. The NBA forever changed after the Sonics won in 1979. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and the three-point line all joined the league the following season. Despite winning the 79 title with a young core and winning 56 games the following season, that Sonics group would never return to an NBA Finals. Sean Kemp and Gary Payton brought the franchise back to the Finals in 1996, but were stopped short by Michael Jordan's Bulls in six games. Twelve years later, the Sonics played their last season in Seattle before moving to Oklahoma City. Well, it's always been a good basketball town since I've been here. Again, the Sonics were the first expansion team, first pro team in town, uh, the major sports. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, basketball's an intimate game, and Seattle uh, took to the team early, even when it wasn't very good. Uh, it was still the best show in town. It's in the winter. People are looking for things to to do um and then uh you know generationally before they left there was two or three generations that grew up a couple anyway grew up with the with the sonics and uh now that they're gone for i think it's 10 years now or so uh, there's a hole here in seattle there's a hole for a number of aspiring basketball players young young players fortunately they there's some connection yet but because of history and parents and grandparents remembering it but it's there's a hole here now and uh hopefully it gets filled soon i'll leave you with audio from bill the beer man scott who led a chant on the parade stage at fourth and university in seattle to celebrate the world champs with hundreds of thousands of jubilant faces all wearing green and gold Long live the Seattle Supersonics. Special thanks to Jack Sigma for sharing his memories of the 1979 World Champs with me, and congratulations to Jack on being named to the Basketball Hall of Fame this past April. And thanks to my dad, who was there in attendance at the 79 parade and instilled the love of the Seattle Supersonics in me every chance he could, and who also gave me this JCPenney official Supersonics commemorative album from the 79 season that provided a lot of the audio from this podcast. Thanks for listening.